So brethren, the topic we have for tonight is characteristics of a transformed life. And our scripture is Psalm 15. Uh, from verse 1 to, to verse 8, I see the word of the Lord. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose work is blameless and who does what is righteous. Who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue. Who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on, but honors those who fear the Lord. Who keeps his oath even when it hurts. Who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. Brethren, this is the word of the Lord. So Reverend Susan, I hand over to you to speak to God's people. Thank you, um, Nagai. Thank you. Friends, you are welcome. Uh, let's pray over this word as we share. Thank you, Lord, for your word that um, you tell us is sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord, I'm not worthy to, to, to speak over your word, but by your spirit and by authority you've given us, you have given us this word. May you speak through me. May you make it clear to each one of us. May you, O oh Lord, be glorified through this word. May you, O oh Lord, continue to use your word throughout our lives to, to know that you are uh, transforming us and making us better people. We give you honor and glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, friends, you're welcome. Thank you for the reading. This is, uh, we are sharing from Psalm uh, 15, verse 1 to 5. And we are going to glean out or to pick out characteristics of a transformed life. You can note that the topic says a transformed life, not that transformed life, meaning there is a process, a progress. A when uh, a sentence is using ah, that means something may, may have happened, may be happening, may, may, may happen. It is not uh, uh, fully complete. So this is a psalm from, by David. And it is a psalm that uh, asks two fundamental questions. But uh, first of all, uh, I would like to say that I'm Susan, I'm Esostella, and sometimes I use Ampumuza. I am saved, God saved me. I'm a priest at All Saints, but also I serve with the Archbishop's office at Namirembe. I love the Lord, I love to serve him, I love to walk in his path and to proclaim his word. 
So looking at this Psalm, Psalm 15 has two fundamental questions that David, who is uh, believed to have written it, asks of the Lord. David was a shepherd. David was a second king of Israel. David was a warrior. He was a murderer. Murdered Uriah. For his wife, he was an adulterous person. He was uh, the son of Jesse among uh, many sons, but he was chosen by God to be king. He was called a man after God's heart, the only uh, man that God refers to as a man according uh, to First Samuel, verse, uh, chapter 13, verse 14, and in Acts, St. Paul refers to him as David, a man after God's heart. So he was uh, a normal person, not perfect, not um, fully transformed, but trying to walk with God. So in this Psalm, he does a self-examination and inward look at who can be closer to a holy God. When the words dwell, when the words live are mentioned in this Psalm, you will know that it is uh, someone seeking to know how to move closer to a holy God. Uh, the words that can uh, give us that glimpse of who, who uh, that God is holy, uh, where he mentions the sanctuary, where he mentions uh, verse one, where he mentions the holy mountain. Those uh, indicate to us that he is seeking to be closer to one who is holy and who is above. David is thinking about his worship, his walk, his words, his ways among his neighbors. And it is one of the Psalms, the who Psalms, uh, where we find the, the word who several times, like Psalm uh, 24, verse three to four, and uh, Psalm 27, uh, even Psalm 1, uh, somewhere you'll find who, who. And uh, in Psalm 15, David asks God these two questions. He wants to have a glimpse at who, the character of a worshiper, who can stand before God, who can be around God, who can be with God. That, uh, that person can uh, feel the presence of God. It is a psalm about relationship with God and fellow humans or neighbors. It is based on the character of God, verse one, worship and dwelling or presence of God. Sanctuary, where you find sanctuary, tent, holy mountain, Zion, these were Old Testament uh, places of worship, uh, especially the, the, the tent. The tent was the first uh, uh, sort of temple where God's presence resides in the Old Testament. If you read, uh, the, uh, as the Israelites came from Egypt, and they had the Ten Commandments given, and this was a tent that was built to keep the Ten Commandments, the, the, the stick of Aaron and the, 
the rest of the items that were considered sacred. So it was a place where God resided, a place where uh, his holiness and presence would be. And it continued to move with them throughout that the, the season when they were in the wilderness. The holy mountain became the mountain where I will not give you most of the scriptures, but you may notice that Holy Mountain refers to Jerusalem or Mount Moriah, where Abraham had gone to sacrifice Isaac. And later it became a place where the Holy Temple of Jerusalem was built. So it was also a place of worship. It was considered very holy. It was considered a place to uh, meet God, a place to do sacrifices. Uh, in this uh, text, still, we see verse 2, a character of a worshiper. And uh, in this, uh, this is where we look at the, the walk, the one who walks blameless. That is the character, the conduct, the behavior. We look at the works, one who does righteousness, the deeds of the, such a worshiper. We look at words like the words, the speech, the use of the tongue. We look at the treatment of others, the well-being. So I've considered all this to be the W words, from the who, the character, then to worship, to walk, to works, words, and to well-being, the relationship between neighbors. So verse 1, David uses the word Lord, he declares God as Lord, meaning he acknowledges God's sovereignty, God's, God's rule, God's reign, and he says, Lord, who can dwell? He acknowledges by using the Lord, the word, uh, the name Lord, that God is in control, and when he asks who can dwell, it shows that David acknowledges his limitations, his unworthiness, his, uh, uh, as I said, self-examining. If me, the king of Israel, David, cannot approach God as I am, who else can do that? Who can do that? And in the, looking inward into his own life, he, he realizes a few characteristics of who God wants to approach him. He acknowledges God as Lord who dwells in a sacred holy place. And so his questions start this psalm. Uh, uh, we can relate with such uh, a psalm. Uh, as, as we look at Psalm 1, Psalm 1 tells us that uh, the, the wicked cannot approach uh, God. They cannot dwell in his uh, seat of judgment. So David is looking at himself as a sinner. And this takes him back to Genesis. Genesis 3, the fallen man, the one who has run away from God. And so the one who is away from God cannot approach him. And so we come to 
uh, as he describes these characteristics, we see that it is someone who is blameless, someone who is right, who does righteousness. And in our human effort, we cannot reach that level to be blameless, to do righteousness, unless we are forgiven sinners, unless we are, uh, God himself has touched us, unless God has really uh, transformed us so that we are able to have his character and to move in that. A forgiven sinner who needs God's grace that one is like David asking these questions, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? These are questions of one who is seeking a way to reach God. John 4, 2, uh, 21, Jesus points us to a true worshiper as he talks to the Samaritan woman. And Jesus replied to this lady, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they, they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman replied, I know that the Messiah called the Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. So Jesus uh, uh, if we relate this to what uh, David is asking, Jesus gives us a glimpse of what David was struggling with, a worshiper. How can we worship this true God? God is looking for those who, who will be like him, who can really return to that journey that we had, the friendship that we had in the Garden of Eden the Garden of Eden, walking with God, and there was harmony. And there was, uh, God would come and speak and uh, commune, commune with Adam. And that is what uh, David is looking for. You may have heard some people explain and talk about this psalm, but I have brought it this way so that we can also glimpse and look at the characteristics of a transformed Life. No one meets the requirements and these characteristics that are in this psalm, except one who has been transformed by God himself. And like St. Paul states in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that person is in Christ. He has become a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciles us to himself through Christ and gives us the ministry of reconciliation. So we look at uh, this psalm uh, to and fro, looking at so many other uh, characteristics that are in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So as we look at characteristics of a transformed life, uh, we look 
we see that characteristics refer to attributes, features, outstanding qualities that you can find in someone or in something. I will use the word uh, for transformed. Uh, the word that we refer to animals as they change from one uh, level, and that word is metamorphosis, transformed. Or the word that is used on Jesus, transfiguration. He changed from one uh, state to another that was much better. So transformed, a transformed life goes through a process, and that process and somewhere where the person is better from what they were. So when we fell out of Eden, we lost the glory. And in chapter three of Genesis, we have another transformation, which is, uh, uh, we can say bad and evil transformation from good to worse to worse. And God continues to follow us. And as we look at this, some will see these characteristics uh, mentioned the characteristics of a transformed life. David is one that was transformed from a shepherd who was in the field and he moved and he was anointed and he became a warrior who defeated thousands and uh, became a king, a king who, whose heart was after God and a king who fell but he continued to rise, repent and rise and God continued to say, David, a man after my heart. David, who uh, obeyed uh, God's law. Transformation doesn't happen at once. It is a process from one level to another. Can you imagine an egg uh, over uh, where we get butterflies, first becomes a pupa, a caterpillar, which I fear, which is not so good. And then a beautiful butterfly. So transformation is that kind of thing. So as we look at this topic, we are looking at a life of a Christian. Let's put ourselves there, a born again Christian, someone who has accepted Jesus and is moving to, be, to have the character of Christ himself, the character of a holy God, the character that uh, David is asking, who can dwell in the presence of the Lord. Each of us is at a certain stage. Maybe some of you have reached a caterpillar level where you are tougher, or you are about to be a butterfly where you are, uh, you are recognized and your beauty is, uh, is seen, but all of us are in a process. You can look back to when you got saved and where you are now. Are you still the same person? Are you progressing? Are you uh, uh, stagnant? What is happening? So there, is trans there has to be a movement from one level to another when we mention the word transformation. Is Christ transforming you into a Christ-like character or, or you are getting worse? We need to ask ourselves such questions. So what we pick out of this psalm as the words that I've given you, the W words, the who, worship, the walk, the works, the words, the well-being or the, the welfare, the relationship. We start with uh, the, well, the first characteristic is that of a worshiper. A transformed life 
we look at the devotion of such a person, the knowledge of God, who God is. God is holy. And so all who worship him must be holy. And that's what he calls us to. So we must acknowledge a transformed life has a devotion to worship, a devotion. Uh, the, the word worship and devotion are all the same. Adoration of God, acknowledgement that he's God, he's holy. And that in our Christian life starts with us acknowledging our sin and acknowledging Jesus as Lord and Savior and confessing him and becoming like him. So we desire a character that is of Christ. They are not, such people are not swayed by any wind of doctrine. They are focused. Their desire is to be where God is. Their desire is to dwell in the sanctuary of the Lord. Their desire is to worship God alone, the true God, to be submissive, to be obedient, to be friends with God, to have a devotion uh, and uh, depend on his word, to be witnesses that hunger and thirsty after God's ways, God's things. And so the first characteristic is that this person is a true worshiper a person who knows God and who knows uh, uh, his works. And that is why the first verse of, of Psalm 15 calls us to, Lord, who can dwell in your sanctuary? A person who has acknowledged that God is sovereign. A person who has acknowledged that he needs God in his life and confesses the Lord Jesus Christ as savior. Finds a purpose for living for God. We can look at a character of Paul. Paul died to self. He lived for God. Paul who was soul was transformed. He, be, he was a persecutor of the church. And as he got out of this, uh, he met Jesus and was transformed. He became the protector of the church and he lost himself into worshiping God, witnessing for God. So that is the character of one who is being transformed uh, to look like Christ. The second one is this, the walk. Uh, moving a little bit faster, you'll tell me. Uh, in walking, this uh, psalm tells us the one whose walk is blameless. None of us can take up this characteristic except Jesus. Jesus is the only one who is blameless. When we look at Isaiah 53, we see what, happened, what Isaiah is saying was his character. He opened not his mouth and he was struck, he did not do anything. He was blameless. Even as he stood before Pilate, they could not find any guilt in him. So one who is in a transform, uh, to live a transformed life must have a Christ-like character above reproach, blameless, because of the dwelling in the presence of God, 
and in the presence of Christ who transforms us. So when we invite Christ into us, we get this character of being blameless. And as we move, progress from one level of our journey, we become uh, guiltless uh, because that's what the word blameless uh, means because Christ is in us and Christ has taken this, this uh, uh, our old nature and has given us the new nature that is of he of uh, that is his that is blameless so a transformed life has that which we pick from psalm 15 verse 2 that characteristic of being blameless above reproach when they they they, uh, they meet you they say uh, maybe they want to accuse you of something some people will defend you and say no that person ma- cannot do that i will stand for that i will die for that that person cannot do that a christ like character blameless verse 2 that's what uh, it's calling us to so that's what the one characteristic another characteristic that we pick from there um the conduct, because the, this part of walking, walking, the conduct must be blameless because you stand in the presence of Christ, the only blameless one. He was without sin. He took our guilt and shame and sin so that we may stand blameless. When God called Abraham, he told him and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers in Genesis 17:1-2. So even uh, in the Old Testament, God still desired that we become holy. So a, cara- a transformed life has to uh have this characteristic of being blameless, being holy, being like Christ, being like God. And that comes with studying the word of the Lord, being in the word of the Lord, being in the presence of the Lord, being in in worship of this God. And that continues to help us to be transformed. And uh, as... um, we put on Christ, some things have to really die. We conquer self, we shun sin. And uh, many of the writings of the letters of Paul call us to this, to die to sin, to die to self, and have uh, Christ take over, full control. So the character of Christ must be seen in this person that is being transformed. And what was the character of Christ? Humility. The character of Christ was sacrifice. The character of Christ was love, compassion. The character of Christ was uh, a a godly person. And uh, with this, we can look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. This is what uh, Peter, uh, who saw uh, many Christians going forth and and, uh, wanted to encourage them, and he said they must grow from one level to another. For this reason, 
Second uh, Peter 1, uh, 5 says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. So the blameless comes with a cleansing of Christ. The blameless uh, uh, character helps us to be like Christ himself. And it is because we have repented of our sins. So the other characteristic that we glean out of this Psalm 15 is someone, the works, who does what is righteous. And who is righteous? It is Christ himself. It is God himself. He is the only just God. He is the only uh, Christ was the only upright, the only sinless, the one who could stand in and plead for us as sinners. And the Holy Spirit enables a transformed life to bear fruit of love, patience, self-control, as I've mentioned in this. So does righteous, our works must show that we are being transformed. Are we, uh, are we loving more? Are we patient? Are we, uh, uh, are we uh, dwelling in the presence of the righteous or we are dwelling in the presence of those who hate God? Is our faith in God himself or in things? So our conduct, this is uh, talking about our works. The works have to be the works that are done through the Holy Spirit. So. The Holy Spirit enables us because on our own, we cannot be righteous. On our own, we cannot do righteous uh, uh, acts, righteous things, because even Isaiah saw it and he said, our righteousness is like filth words. But we increase daily as we attain a Christ-like character. So a transformed life does what is righteous. A transformed life will continue to desire to love more, to be patient, be self-controlled, to have a conduct that pleases God, to have to walk in faith and by the Holy Spirit be able to please God. Uh, our speech is also a characteristic that uh, I've talked about words, our words. They display whether our character is, uh, I mean, our, uh, we are being transformed, how we speak, and verse, uh, this verse tells us the one who speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, the one who speaks truth from their heart. And we note that Jesus declared himself that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. So we have to be in God.
to be able to achieve this, to speak the truth from the heart. Many of us are trying to be in this and we are walking in this. And Christ helps us to be truthful. And we have to repent where we have not been truthful. That means Christ is still working on us to be able to be like him. So our speech must show that we are being transformed. We are living a transformed life. Is our speech to uh, bless? Is our speech to encourage? Is our speech, are we using our tongues to abuse, to destroy that which God has created? And yet uh, Jesus told us in Matthew 15, 19, that uh, whatever is in our hearts is what comes out. The evil that may be in our hearts. And so our hearts must uh, have the truth of God, must have the word of God. And what comes out of the heart will be that which will show that we are being transformed into a Christ-like character, into a character that will bring honor and glory. Um, the other one is uh, with this truth, we be, uh, in a transformed life, we become true witnesses. Uh, the witnesses that talk about God's goodness. And we be, uh, a, a, a life that is being transformed becomes restless when not testifying about God's grace and goodness must testify each day and witness and tell about God's goodness by using our tongues to worship, to witness, to testify. Paul says, brothers, finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And these are the things that must come out of our tongues, must come out of our hearts as we, we look at the, character, the characteristics of a transformed life. Our speech declares where we belong. Our speech declares that we are for Christ or for the enemy who is the devil. Uh, that was from Philippians 4.8. And so out of this, we become uh, prayerful. Uh, one other characteristic is prayerfulness. Where do I pick this from this psalm? When David declares who can dwell, who can live, this uh, uh, shows someone who is uh, in touch, in relationship with God, who communes with God. And so when he asks this, that means the characteristic of prayer, being prayerful has to come in in a transformed life. One who is full of the Holy Spirit and is in constant communion with God. Six, his face always depends on him for the journey that is ahead, leans not on their understanding, but seeks to understand who this God is and how to uh, communicate with him. And so the, 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 the verse four uh, onwards, who does no wrong to a neighbor? This is where well-being comes in. 
where our relationship with our neighbors comes in. How do we relate? A transformed life has a, a relationship with the neighbor. The neighbor may not be someone living near you. The people that God has put before you, how do you handle them? How are they treated? Do we slander? Do we uh, abuse them? There has been a lot of abuse. And so a, a transformed character will seek to honor and respect people of all kinds, minors, adults, and all these people. Will, you'll find words of affirmation, words of encouragement, words of blessing, words of lifting others, words of not insulting others. So a transformed character, uh, according to this psalm, will respect and honor others. We'll uh, look at the word of God, which says, love yourself as you love your neighbor. The love will be at the heart of this person. And I love the, the revivalists, uh, some of whom uh, raised me, how they connected, how they shared what they had, how they would do, protect each other, and how they would move uh, from a family to another, whether you, you know uh, you are from the same tribe or not, they would know there is a Christian somewhere and they would be there and they would be protected. This is the transformed character that God uh, gives one who accepts him. And so, uh, who keeps an oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind? You keep your word. The, the characteristic of keeping one's word, keeping the promise, being faithful. When you say something, you do that exactly what you have said. If you have borrowed money and you are saying you'll return it at this time, that is exactly what you do. And this is one of the characteristics of uh, a transformed life, they keep their oaths, they keep their vows, they keep their promises, they do not change their mind or they do not deceive or lie or, or deal in dishonesty uh, ways. They are faithful in their, uh, in their uh, vows, uh, whether in marriage, whether in, uh, in uh, business or in other activities, become faithful. As I conclude, uh, there is the, the verse on who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. This is still on relationship with neighbors. When you lend money, uh, and I think this comes from the Hebrew, uh, the Israelites, how they, they were told not to charge interest from their fellow Jews. But uh, we know in our communities where um, this quick money where they are, they are extorting, uh, they are giving exorbitant interests and in the end, the poor uh, and their properties are taken away because they are not able to pay. They, the issue of corruption and bribes that when seen in a character, it is not a character that is being transformed. That character is still 
in the uh, bondages uh, of certain and needs to be transformed. So in lending our money, that uh, shows our integrity, the integrity of that character uh, of that person is shown on how they handle finances, handle money, is shown in how they uh, handle the innocent and protect them. Uh, and, and our company with those who love the Lord and honor God and fear him, that also shows. I don't know what company you keep, you need to, as we look at this psalm, we need to also check ourselves. Do we keep fellowship with believers? Do we keep our, uh, what is our company? And so this too is looked at in this psalm and David is saying your company shows uh, where you belong, how you worship, whether uh, your uh, one is transformed. It is one of the characteristics of a transformed life. The company you, we keep the company uh, of the people around us. And so in the end, he tells us, whoever does these things will never be shaken. Whoever does, worships the true God in the right way. Whoever walks blameless and does righteous things. Whoever is in the, uh, at good terms with the neighbors, and, and uh, respects and honors the neighbors, defends the vulnerable, the weak, and does not uh, uh, do injustice to them, that person will never be shaken because he dwells in the uh, presence of the Lord, has the assurance and protection of the Lord, and is fearless. This is the these are the characteristics of a transformed life. How is your worship? How is your work? How is your, wa your work? Uh, how are your words, your speech? How is our relationship? All this will depict whether we are being transformed into a better and uh, a Christ-like character or we are still lacking. Each of us needs to check ourselves because we are work in progress. As we received Christ, Christ calls us to, uh, to be like him, to dwell with him, to live in his presence. And when he calls us, we have to desire to look like him. And how do we do this in fellowship, in studying the word, that's where we get the character of Christ, in uh, prayer, and in worship together, let us allow Christ to wash us each day so that we are able to live a life that pleases him, so that we are able to be with him because that's what he promised his disciples, that where he, he will be, his uh, disciples will be. Shall we pray using these words of David still in Psalm 27, four to six? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. 
Lord, may your will be done. May you be glorified. May you transform each one of us into a character of your son, Jesus Christ, who is uh, the blameless, the righteous one who is able to transform us and by your Holy Spirit to make us better people. We bless you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Reverend Susan. Thank you that you've allowed the Lord to use you. Uh, brethren, at this we would like us to receive the word. Um, I don't know about, we pray Heavenly Father that this word will land on fertile ground and will continue to be transformed day in, day out in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, we, we ask that you come and brood over us. Encourage us, Lord. Remind us of your word that has been spoken of your servant, that, Father, only your will will be done in our lives in the name of Jesus. We continue to commit Reverend Susan, the husband and the children into your mighty hands. Father, we pray that you shield them from the power of the enemy, cover them with the blood of Jesus, continue to use her Lord to do your will. Protect them and guide them. Grant them divine direction, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you continue to do your work, Heavenly Father. May you continue to protect her. Use her, God, to the honor and glory of your name. I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, members, I think for uh, most of the, the, the points that Reverend Susan brought up, I think right now, we need to go before God in repentance because we accepted the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But along the way, we've had stubborn hearts and our lives, our, character, our characteristics are not that of a transformed life. And yet we profess the Lord Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Father, we come before you this evening. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for the speech or the words we speak that people around us even wonder whether we are born again or not. We come before you, Heavenly Father, and we ask, Lord, that you have mercy. Cleanse our lips. Cleanse our tongues. Holy Spirit, guide us, Heavenly Father. Your word in Psalm 141 says, that you set a guard over our mouth. Set a guard over my mouth, O oh Lord. Keep watch over the door of our lips. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you set a guard over our mouth, that you watch the door of our lips, that whatever utterances we shall make, Father, they will be from you. Forgive us, Lord, where we failed in so many ways. We ask our God and our Father that you raise and take over every aspect of our lives. Lord, have mercy. We ask in the name of Jesus that you alone, you alone, Heavenly Father, would take charge. You take charge, Lord, that whatever we shall say, we have to witness, Heavenly Father, for you. We have to, to encourage. You have to pray, Heavenly Father, without ceasing. Lord, have your way in the name of Jesus. We continue to go before you, Father, in brokenness, asking that, Father, 
where we have failed to read your word because your word is life. It's supposed to direct us. But we are lazy, Father, and sometimes, and we don't read your word. We don't worship you and adore you the way it's supposed to be. Lord, we ask for mercy. Forgive us, our God and our King. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Heavenly Father. Also, our conduct, our works. Father, where we have failed in so many ways, we have not loved. We have not cared for our neighbors. We have been selfish. Lord, forgive all of us. We are, we humble ourselves before you and ask that you cleanse us. Help us, Lord, as we walk this journey of salvation. That, Lord, when people see us, they will see a transformed life. And that can only be done by you, Heavenly Father. We commit all our lives into your hands. All the people who have logged in, even those who who will be listening to this recording later. Father, us, our families, Heavenly Father, wherever we are, we just commit ourselves to you and we surrender to you, Most High, that you alone can transform our lives. Father, we pray that you continue to transform us, that you use us and only your will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.